the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Cody Foger Podcast. On this edition, we're celebrating another Colts win. The Colts hosted the Falcons yesterday and came out victorious by a score of 27-24. Derek Larger with me again. Derek, it's always a good day when we're celebrating a Colts victory. Absolutely. Two and one. Uh, again, it's really great. Uh, another chance to go one and oh next week. Uh, we mentioned last week that we wanted the Colts fans to bring the juice for that game and the Colts fans and Pat McAfee certainly brought the juice for that game. It was great to see everybody being loud, being proud for this team, and it paid off in the end. Colts win again. Colts are undefeated, by the way, when Pat McAfee hits the anvil. So um, yes. having back about every week the Colts play at home, and uh, the Colts should have good success. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing, Derek, I wanted to mention since you talked about the fans. Um, shout out to the fans because when Adam Vinatieri came out to kick his first field goal, he got a standing ovation. He was getting cheered on. And that was something, you know, and I know a lot there was, you know, I know with the whole Andrew Luck situation, obviously it was a preseason game. A lot of the fans who are normally there on every Sunday um, weren't probably there or had probably left at that point. Um, but it was just good to hear you know, especially with all the negative connotations in the media and stuff like that, that Colts fans really gave Adam Vinatieri, you know, the, the confidence booster that he needed. And Vinatieri was perfect, two, on, two for two on field goals and perfect on extra points as well. And so that's always good to see, man, to see a guy like Vinatieri, you know, a pro's pro, as old Chuck Pagano used to say. Um, but really, like a guy like Vinatieri, who's basically, I think he's a, a he's the points leader all time, to see him yeah. get a standing ovation like that and him to see him, you know, use that motivation and really have a good day, a really bounce back day. It was really good to see Derek. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see him come back strong and be perfect all game. Uh, it definitely probably helped being back home, uh, being in a closed environment, being in the environment that you're used to kicking in definitely helps you mentally. I mean, we all knew it, it's just a mental thing. It's kind of one of those things he had to take a long look in the mirror and say, I, I got to focus. I got to get back into my groove of it all. And sure enough, he was perfect. I mean, the Colts media loved talking about him yesterday. And Ebron was asked about it afterwards and said, well, now everyone can just shut the hell up about it because, you know, he went perfect. I mean, we always knew he was good. We knew he was just struggling. Now everyone can just stop talking about it and we just move on. I mean, it is good to finally see, Vinatieri be the Vinatieri that we're used to seeing and now I think we can kind of take a step back and just not worry as much about Vinatieri moving forward yeah and Vinatieri can't work doesn't have to worry anymore which I think is huge um, especially from a mental game because the NFL is such a mental game um, and we've seen it you know with those vet with those old players like that you know when they kind of get into a funk you're like oh man is father time finally creaking up on them um, but it's good to see Vinatieri get his head back on, um, have a really, really solid day overall. 
Um, and I think it's just good for his confidence going forward. He doesn't have to overthink every yeah. single kick now. Um, yeah. It's a little bit of a breath of fresh air for number four. And so that's always great to see. Um, we all we all love Adam Vinatieri and love what he's done for the Colts and uh, love to see him be successful. So yeah. with that, um, speaking of guys who are successful, Jacoby Brissett, man, uh, I in one of his best days as a pro, um, what, pro- probably his best day as a pro. He went 28 to 37, 310 yards, two touchdowns, quarterback rated of 118.1 which is incredible. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was really dominating, especially in that first half. Um, a pretty good Falcons defense, all things considered. Um, and shout out to Keanu Neal. I mean, that's just an unfortunate mm-hmm. injury. Um, you always feel for a guy. You think he's out for the season now. Um, bummer for Neal and a bummer for this Falcons defense. But, I mean, Jacoby Brissett was having success even when Neal was in the lineup. And so it was good to see Brissett, a guy like Brissett, um, really kind of silence some of the doubters. I know there were some people who, you know, stats – if that's any indication that stats don't tell the whole story, uh, I think yesterday really proved that. And I tweeted out, I kind of, I chuckle when, when the people were freaking out about the Colts being dead la- rate, r- rated dead last in terms of passing yards per game. Cause they really didn't tell the story. You know, the Colts were the second best rushing team going in um, to week three in the NFL. And, you know, when you're running as good as the Colts were, uh, you don't have to pass it all the time. And so mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett showing again, um, that he's a capable starter in this league. And potentially now even opening the door, like, okay, do you, have you found your franchise quarterback in Brissett? I mean, he's still young. He's 26 years old, um, played really well. And I posted a stat. Uh, I posted a stat yesterday, Derek. Uh, Jacoby Brissett through three games. Um, he has He's 66 of 92, 71 completion percentage, which I think is better than Andrew Luck was last year. I know Luck was rusty, yes. um, so we can't really hold that against him, but – I mean, 71 completion percentage, 646 yards. That's 215 yards per game. Um, Seven touchdowns and only one interception. 111.95 quarterback rating through three games. Like, that's amazing. And Mm -hmm. especially considering where Brissett has been and, you know, kind of how tough that 2017 season was. um, It's really been cool to see Brissett uh, really grow as a quarterback, really grow as a player, grow just – you know, all over. And um, I don't know if you saw the video, Derek, of Frank Reich's postgame speech, but that would, I mean, if that's an indication of how much the Colts love Jacoby Brissett, how much this team rallies around number seven, Mm -hmm. um, he really performed, man. He performed like a starting quarterback, performed like a top 15, dare I say top 10 quarterback in the league yesterday. Um, And that's good to see. What, What were some takeaways that you had from watching Jacoby Brissett's game against the Falcons on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Frank Reich uh, in that post-game press conference for that uh, in the locker room, the guys were all cheering, all happy for Brissett. You know they wanted to see him do that as much as Colts fans wanted him to because I think they were all thinking Brissett kind of silenced all the the naysayers out there that he can't be a good quarterback. I mean, you said it. I mean, so far this season, ding near 72% completion percentage, 215 yards a game, which we know is going to continue to go up as this season progresses. Seven touchdowns to one interception. I mean, Jacoby Brissett has more touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield in the uh, combined this season. That's crazy to think about. And the QB rating, 112, that is very, very good. You tweeted it yesterday saying how, you know, Brissett stats and everything. I said, I'll take those. I love how efficient he is. He's not going for the big plays yet, 
but I'm loving the efficiency that is coming from Jacoby Brissett. And we love his leadership. The guys love Jacoby Brissett. He gives the vibe that you just want to rally around this guy because he is just fun. He is calm. He's not going to lose you games in the end. And it's ultimately his calm and emotional demeanor that he has. That's great for him. And to start that game, he was 16 of 16. I mean, he nailed his first 16 passes. I'm sorry, but when you when you do that well, I don't even know if Andrew Luck could have played that well yesterday against Atlanta, at least in the start. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was as good as any quarterback in the NFL yesterday in that first half. He, he put every ball on the spot. He was perfect. He knew exactly where to go. Frank Reich had an amazing game plan in that first half to get him going, and Jacoby Brissett followed suit. I mean, he had 310 yards for two touchdowns and completed 76% of the passes. I mean, what more could you have wanted from Jacoby Brissett yesterday in a game where the run game was on and off, uh, a game where you wanted to see Jacoby Brissett and Frank Reich open this game up and see what they could do against this injury-ridden defense of the Falcons. You wanted to see what these guys could do, and it showed. They definitely did that. And even with not as many big plays as we wanted, they just showed they could dissect a defense just like that. It was a great game by Jacoby Brissett. I'm really upset that I didn't get to watch it. Uh, I could only just watch from uh, the fantasy app as I was watching at work. But, I mean, I, I can't be any happier for Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he definitely put his stamp down that he can definitely lead this team. And he is a really good quarterback. And I mean, again, not, not much more you can really critique on. I mean, he definitely had himself a very good game, probably the best game of his career on Sunday uh, afternoon in Lucas Oil Stadium. A stat from NFL research, Jacoby Brissett became just the third quarterback in Colts franchise history with 115 passer rating in the two, two of the first three weeks of the season. Guess who the others are, Derek? My guess is, is Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. No, Peyton Manning, Johnny Unitas. Mm. No Andrew Luck. Wow. That's crazy to me. Wow. Kobe Brissett has been so, so efficient. And that was a knock on Luck, though, right? He turned the yeah. ball over a lot. And that he kind of yeah. had to back in those days when you didn't really have a team around him. Right. But you're seeing now with the balance that the Colts have on offense, it doesn't, it doesn't force Kobe Brissett into making every single play, right? It's not forcing him mm-hmm. to throw 50 times a game. The Colts can run the ball now, and you know Jacoby Brissett can be more efficient. His quarterback rating can go up. His completion percentage can go up. And also, I mean, Jacoby Brissett has Frank Reich. I mean, we, we can't yeah. go a podcast without talking about the brilliance of Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni on offense. I mean, yeah. I know you weren't able to watch it, Derek, but in the first half, that Colts offense was thoroughly dominating. They were punching the Falcons' defense in the mouth. Like nice. they were dominating that game. And again, you know, this I'll get into this a little bit later, but like. The first half, like they were completely dominating. I think they let off a little the second half, but then near the end of the game, they kind of found their mojo again. Um, mm-hmm. But really, they were pummeling the Falcons' defense into submission the first half. I mean, it wasn't even close. Like they were thoroughly dominating. And you can do that when you have an offensive line like the Colts have, when you uh-huh. have a running attack like the Colts have, and when you have a quarterback like you could be said who can give you 300 yards a game if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. You, you can't say enough about this guy, man. He he's amazing, and 
Um, that other game, so instead of the first two, three, two out of three games, the other game that Jacoby Brissett played, quarterback rating of 95.2. So right. it's not like it's still a good quarterback rating. Right. And uh, Brissett's man, he, he's been, I think, exceeded expectations so far. Yes. Uh, for my standards, I mean, I thought that he would be, he would have success in this offense. And he has all the tools to be a great quarterback in this league. He's got the arm talent. Um, but I just didn't know, you know, especially watching him in 2017, I just was not sure yet. And he's really pleasantly surprised me. And I'll take that. I'll take pleasantly surprised. And so mm-hmm. great day from Jacoby Brissett. Um, he's had a really good first three weeks. I mean, he's only turned the ball over, I think, twice. And those are both in that Titans game. One was just kind of a wild <laughs> slip of when he was mm-hmm. throwing the ball. Well, the other one was a good under, good play by Logan Ryan. But other than that, Jacoby Brissett has taken care of the ball well, very, yes. very well. And, the, and it's cool, Derek, because the Colts, they're really setting themselves up for success because they can do all those things right, and they're on the right side of you know the, the give-takeaway um, game. And they're, they're yeah. plus one in that, in that department. And so yeah. um, they're playing all they're, – they're playing good components of winning football. And that, that's exactly yes. what you need to do to win in this league is – Take care of the ball, be able to run the ball, and play good defense. And we'll talk about the defense in a little bit who didn't really have a good game at all again. Um, they, they played good in the first half, but not so good in the second half. But before we do that, we can move on to the running game, which didn't have over 100 yards for the first time uh, the first time this season. But that's what happens when Jacoby Brissett throws for 310 yards. You don't run the ball as much. But Marlon yeah. Mack still had a pretty good game. I mean, he had 16 carries. 74 yards. He had a big yard, big run at the, near the end of the game to kind of seal it. Yeah. Um, that pull from Quentin Nelson, man. When, when Quentin Nelson's in your way, <laughs> get out of the way. That's just kind of yes. how it works. And especially on the polls like that. We saw that last year in that Jacksonville game. I mean, Barry Church was basically out of the league after Quentin Nelson completely pancaked him to the ground. And so mm-hmm. um, Nelson led the way. The Colts, the Colts looked pretty good running the football all day. Uh, Mac averaged 4.6 yards per carry and he got a touchdown. So thank you, Mr. Mac. My fantasy team thanks you for that. Very <laughs> glad I picked Marlon Mack when I did. Um, yeah, what were your takeaways, Derek, from the Colts running game in week three? Yeah, um, it really was like most of this game, it was really a, a tale of two halves. Uh, the first half, everything was going really well. Uh, a lot less plays were made in the backfield by the Falcons defense and they they made some plays down the stretch. I mean, ultimately this Colts team is clutch when you need them in big moments in that moment where the Colts were only up a score midway through the fourth quarter, the Colts needed a big play to open the game up and make something happen. And like you mentioned, the pull, uh, the pull by Quentin Nelson to open that run for Marlon Mack, a 26 yard run uh, in late in the game to almost put them in a position to seal the game. Uh, it was a very smart business decision by that cornerback of the Falcons to just dive head first away. So uh, yeah, it, it was, it was good. Nonetheless, uh, Wilkins obviously had a few runs, couldn't get anything going uh, most of the time because he was getting stuffed in the backfield on most of his rushes. So he really didn't have a chance to really do much there. Uh, Naheem Hines didn't have many uh, attempts either. So Mac was the, main uh load of that game and it was good to see marlon mack out there obviously a lot of speculation we didn't know if he was going to play or what his role was going to be uh for that game uh due to his quad but he certainly seemed fine and he certainly seemed fine after the game so that's a plus 
otherwise, you know, the run game certainly had its weak spots. A lot of times where the Falcons made a lot of plays late in the second half in the backfield. That's just something that the Colts uh, run lot uh, has to get better at. Uh, it just seems kind of weird now that, you know, we started the season so well with it. And then the one time that we're facing a defense that is really not that keen on, you know, being able to stop the run. Uh, it's just weird that all of a sudden we found ourselves in a situation where we had our worst game of the year. Sometimes that's just how it is though, right? Sometimes you, mm-hmm. you flop against the teams that you're supposed to do these things against because you just kind of expect it, I guess. But either way, uh, running game was pretty, uh, was good at times, uh, in the moments that they needed to be, uh, productive. They were. Yeah. And that's the thing. They were efficient. They weren't eye popping like week three model. Mac wasn't running for almost 200 yards, but I mean, they were efficient when they needed to be, um, one thing that they think they can improve on Derek. I know you didn't, weren't able to watch the game, so you didn't see this, but on those plays that weren't, didn't really go anywhere. I noticed it was more on the outside. They're trying to get guys in space and mm-hmm. it just, it didn't work very well. And that's something the goals will definitely have to, you know, improve on going into week four against the Raiders. And so um, another guy that we talked about who was going into the game, kind of questionable if he was going to play was T.Y. Hilton and he left the game. Um, I think he re-aggravated that quad again. Um, but the cool thing about Hilton is, um, you know, he's just showing his leadership ability again. Like um, I know a lot of people thought, oh, maybe Hilton injured his quad, re-injured his quad, re-aggravated his quad on that touchdown catch. But he actually re-aggravated it a couple of plays before. But he stayed in the game because he said, I know that if I go out of the game, I'm not coming back into this game. And so he gritted through it, caught a touchdown, put the Colts on the board and headed right to the locker room. And Derek, you got to love that kind of leadership from Hilton. But um Man, what's that mean going forward if Hilton if Hilton indeed does miss some time? What, what do the Colts receivers really have to do, man? Because um, really, you didn't really call a lot of Colts receivers um, outside of T.Y. Hilton. I mean, Zach Paschal had a couple receptions, a touchdown. Um, the tight ends had a good game. But what do the Colts have to do and who specifically has to step it up um, if Hilton indeed does miss some time? Yeah, I mean, it's a great leadership by T.Y. Hilton. I've been saying it for many months now, going back to last year. That dude is tough as nails. When he gets hurt, he just plays through it. It's just something about that guy. He just is never giving up, and I love it. I love it. And I was talking to some people about it earlier about uh, his injury. Uh, My guess is is that he does not miss much time with this. Um, I think ultimately he might be a limited participant for most of this week, if not practicing much at all. Cause honestly, I don't think TY really needs much practice anyway to be able to be effective in this system. We saw last year he he was at the end of the year, he wasn't practicing at all. He didn't practice any time and yet was still going out there and torching defenses on a night to night basis. I think ultimately he's gonna kind of have that same thing here. He's just gonna not practice very much, just keep that quad ready. Uh, Ultimately, I think with the injury situation the way it is right now is actually playing into our favor right now because obviously we got to face the Raiders next week. Uh, Hopefully T.Y. plays in that game a little bit. Um, I obviously don't want him to get hurt, but we can't go into that mindset thinking he's just going to get hurt all the time. Uh, I hope he does play because – Ultimately, we'll have Deion Kane, who's still inexperienced, Paris Campbell, who's still inexperienced. You obviously have the tight ends out there playing. But it, yeah, Zach Paschal, man, he had some 
plays when he where he just blew me away. I mean, the catches that he made were definitely pivotal. Uh, they were very important. Uh, Ebron had a couple of good ones. I saw Jack Doyle's name pop up a few times in the uh, on the catch uh, board there. So it's good to see they were uh, spreading the ball around a lot to a lot of different guys. We were talking about obviously in training camp. We were talking about uh, who's gonna you know, make that impression to be keeping that uh, final wide receiver spot. And Zach's uh, name popped up quite a bit, but most of us, I think, agreed that Zach was probably going to find his way onto this roster. I mean, he, he showed why again. He he just gets open in the schemes that Frank Reich has, and he, he delivers. He makes catches. And uh, one thing Frank Reich loves about Zach is that he mentioned in his, pre- in his uh, post-game conference that, Zach blocks better than any wide receiver that he's ever seen. Zach just makes blocks that not many other guys are willing to do. And that's one thing that we love about wide receivers is that you can't just be a good uh, catching wide receiver. You have to be able to block too. And that's what Zach brings to the table as well. Uh, Zach will probably have to step up in this absence to help lead these guys. Uh, Deion Kane's going to have to step up. Deion Kane's got to make some more plays. Uh, he's got to learn to keep getting separation. Uh, ultimately, though, I don't think this is as much of an issue as uh, some Colts fans are stressing. Uh, let's say T.Y. Hilton misses, uh, has to sit out two weeks to rest that quad. Well, let's see. We have the Raiders next week, and then we go on a bye week, which you know kind of sucks that we have a, a week four bye week. But at this moment, with so many guys banged up right now, I think that really does play into our favor. Uh, the Chiefs we got in uh, week two. Uh, and this is kind of going over some of the defensive players, too, some of the defensive injuries we have. We obviously are going to talk about uh, Malik and a couple of other guys here on the defense here in a second. But we have the Chiefs after our bye week. Then we have the Texans. That's where we're definitely going to need to have T.Y. Hilton because T.Y. Hilton owns the Texans all the time. So, And then you got the Broncos, and then you got the Steelers. So we're, we're going to go into, other than the Chiefs and the Texans, we're going to go into a pretty soft part of the schedule. And a lot of people are already saying for T.Y. to just like sit out the Chiefs game, just don't even play him the next three weeks just to let him get healthy. I doubt the Colts do that, but um, yeah, going off away from the injury for a split second. Yeah. Whoever is going to have to step up, it's going to have to be Ebron and it's going to have to be Zach Pascal because those are guys that are going to have to provide that leadership and that important role of getting more usage in order to keep this Colts offense up. If indeed uh, T.Y. Hilton has to miss a little bit of time, and obviously, since Funches is out as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I just want to make a correction, Derek, because I know somebody, some some smart person in the comments will. Um, the Colts actually, they play Oakland, and then they travel to Kansas City, and then week six they have their bye week. So oh, yeah. uh, in a couple weeks, yeah. So in like three weeks, the Colts will have their bye week. Um, but, you know, some other guys that you, you know, that, that you didn't talk about that I think have to step up to talk about Jack Doyle, who – um, I thought had a pretty solid game. He he sealed really sealed the game on third down for the Colts. Um, kind of threw that out to Jack Doyle, who got that first down. Always the reliable player he is, um, and he's going to have to step up a little bit. Paris Campbell's going to have to step up a little bit. He's been in this offense for a couple weeks now. 
Um, he's gotten some more game action, and so he's going to have to probably take a larger role if indeed Hilton misses time. Um, and then, yeah, Mo Ali Cox, who we saw kind of got into it a little bit more, um, will probably have to step it up a little bit. And also Naheem Hines, who we didn't mention with the running backs, because I really kind of mm-hmm. think of him as a receiver. Um, he had some pretty, he had some pretty key plays yesterday um, in the catching game. Um, he made some guys miss. Really showed his elus- elusiveness, mm-hmm. um, showed his speed, and uh, he had. I mean, he only had three catches for 26 yards, but those, those 26 yards were big yards. And uh, Uh he, you know, maybe he gets more involved in the passing game as well. There's so many targets for the Colts. Like you mentioned so many different ways that they can get involved. So, um, you know, if, if if it was last year at this time and T.Y. Houghton goes down with an injury, like you're kind of screwed at that point, but Uh you know, the Colts have added a lot of talent, even without Funchess, they still have a lot of guys that they can rely on a lot of, players now who have been in this system who can step it up if need be. I mean, they're going to have to, if Hilton does miss time, because that's significant. He's, he's been the best player on offense for the Colts for 10 years, you know, however long he is. I don't want to say 10 years. I guess it is what? Seven, seven years, seven years. God, yeah. I tell you what, man, time flies. Sometimes. They, yeah, I know. But, right. But, but anyways, yeah, sorry. I got off on a little, little tangent then. I feel old. Um, no, but, but yeah, so there's so many targets for, the Colts um, that can step it up. There really is. Um, so that's really good. Um, yeah, we can, I guess we can switch over to the defense now. Um, obviously, Darius Slender didn't play with a concussion. Something that was weird that I found kind of hilarious, and this is why I think I love Darius Leonard, is he wasn't at the game, which was strange. Um, maybe that's some something with to do with concussion, or I don't really know. Yeah. But, um, but he was, like, fully dressed in his pads and helmet, cheering on the Colts, and he posted <laughs> it on Twitter. And you just got to love Darius Leonard, man. He, he's just – hilarious and he's a leader and um he's really supportive of his team and so you just got to love Darius Leonard there I thought it was really funny um but you know Bobby Okariki had his first NFL start um I thought he played decent I thought he played okay I thought he had some moments in the passing game um that you know he'll have rookie struggles like every rookie will um but I thought you know he had eight tackles Anthony Walker you know had 14 tackles of the Colts 12 solo um two tackles for loss um but really the thing that has been kind of something that has haunted the Colts for a long time is covering the tight ends. And they failed to really do that yeah. again with Austin, Austin Hooper scoring two touchdowns, some critical touchdowns. Um, and that really needs to tighten up for sure um, with the linebackers. And, uh, but, you know, I think that's something just going forward. The Colts need to, to really focus in on is covering those, covering those tight ends. Cause that's been a struggle for this defense for a long time. Um, and then, you know, Kenny Moore, had seven tackles. I thought he played pretty well. Um, Clayton Gathers. How about Clayton Gathers? Shout out to, to Mr. Gathers. Got his first mm-hmm. NFL interception, even though the pass for Matt Ryan was literally like Scott Tolzien like. Like it was that yeah. bad of a pass. But not to discredit Clayton Gathers. I mean, I think I would have been, I would have been dumbfounded if he wouldn't have caught that ball. ball right. That was right <laughs> to him. Um, but nonetheless, Congratulations to Mr. Gathers for getting his first career interception. Better late um, than never. Right, for sure. <laughs> um, for sure. And uh, so that was good. And then we've talked about, I guess we'll talk about the defensive line a little bit, um, some injuries there. Um, Al-Qadim Muhammad went out for a little bit with a stinger, but he returned. Um, Danico Watcher, I think, had an eye injury, so he was out for a few series, and then he came back in. Um, the one guy that might actually miss some time, though, is Tyquan Lewis, and he was a guy that went out. I didn't even, like, see how Tyquan Lewis got hurt, um, but I heard he had a walking boot on, so that's never a great, good sign. 
Um, so he could miss some time there. Um, and really, I, you know, I was kind of, I was really disappointed in this defensive line overall. I mean, they didn't even get to Matt Ryan once. Um, and for a defense that's really been putting pressure on the quarterback for the, through the first two weeks, it was kind of bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kamoko Turi had some, some times where he was getting after the quarterback, but he only played 13 snaps too, which was really weird to me that he didn't get more run. Maybe it's something to do with his, with the injury, the neck injury, I think it was that kept him out last week. I don't really mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah. Um, the defense really did not have a great game. Um, Julio Jones just dominated them. I mean, he's a good player, so I don't want to discredit him. Um, but he dominated. Um, and really, yeah, the defense did not look good in the second half of that game, especially especially in that third quarter. They were, they played putrid. And, and that, yeah. I think, was, Derek, that was due in part to Malik Hooker uh, missing some time in the third quarter. I think he returned yeah. in the fourth quarter, but – um, I believe it was a torn meniscus for Malik Hooker, yeah. and that's going to put him out for four to six weeks. So that's a blow to the Colts' defense. Um, so all that to say, um, the Colts' defense is still very young. We know. I think they're the, they were like one of the youngest defenses last year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they are anymore with Justin Houston now. Um, but, you know, they're a young defense. They've, they've shown flashes of being good in, in certain games. Um, but Derek, I think this just kind of comes with the territory when you play elite quarterbacks. I um, mean, you're a young defense. It's just going to happen sometimes. And when you play a Julio Jones type player who's been doing it for years, um, that stuff's going to happen. But nonetheless, the Colts have a lot of things to work on um, on defense. But I wanted to specifically talk about the Malik Hooker injury because this is a significant injury. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, and that, you know, it's going to be now you have to look, you know, who's going to step up in Malik Hooker's place. Is it going to be George Odom, who played some free safety in the offseason? Um, or is it going to be Corey Willis, who we saw in there near the end of the game? Um, who are you going to play there? So, Derek, give me your thoughts first off on what how significant this is for the Colts defense uh, with this Hooker injury. And then also who can step up and play um, in his place until Hooker returns from in four to six weeks. Yeah, um, kind of like what I already mentioned, how uh, I don't think it it's as significant as uh, some of us are making it out to be. Uh, I think the only game that it really makes a big, big difference for us is against the Texans. Because, I mean, let's be honest here, folks. I, I don't see how we're going to slow down Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh you know, with as good as Patrick Mahomes has been this season, I, I, even without uh, his best weapon in Tyreek Hill, I mean, I mean, th- the Chiefs are so red hot right now. Even with Malik Hooker being in there right now, the Chiefs torched us last year with Malik Hooker being out as well. I, I mean, I just think ultimately that one's kind of a a toss up at this point. Uh, the Texans game that definitely hurts. Um, you kind of hope that. Malik can be back by that fourth week, maybe, but we're going to just assume worst to worst that he's out six weeks. Uh, they, they face teams like the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr hasn't been super great uh, this season in throwing the football. Uh, the Broncos haven't had really a consistent throwing effort either. Uh, the Steelers actually looked decent last uh this last sunday against the 49ers even though their passing game wasn't very efficient though uh it is good to at least know that you know kenny moore didn't suffer anything severe pierre desir was uh out there and doing well so you know as bad as you know the malik hooker injury can be 
I think just given the spot we're at in the schedule, I think it just kind of it leaves me personally in a situation where I feel like even with Malik being gone, I feel we can still win these a lot of these games regardless of that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's going to be who's going to step up. Is it going to be uh, Willis? Is it going to be Odom? Uh, both guys who have had some time to play. Uh, I know Odom has definitely uh, been the more reliable option. Uh, Willis is definitely a guy that plays more downhill. It's a matter of how he performs uh, in coverage. That's still the question mark. And staying in the secondary here, yeah, Julio in that second half was a monster. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you're not giving up 25 yards per catch when it comes to uh, his receptions, I mean, he had a couple in the first half, but nothing. He was basically a non-factor in that first half. And then that second half, they just threw at him every chance they got, and he was just catching it everywhere. I mean, he's a maniac. It's a reason he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. You're right. When you play an offense like the Falcons, who can burn anyone at any time, they can burn the best of defenses. It's just one of those things where you just tried to minimize the damage. And thankfully, due to the fact that we were up so much at halftime and we were uh, – and we were able to score late. Ultimately, the Falcons just weren't able to score quick enough to be able to uh, slow us down completely. So there's that in the secondary. Uh, Like you said, Austin Hooper destroyed us in the red zone. Uh, That was where not having Darius Leonard kind of hurt us. You know, Darius Leonard's usually the guys that, the guy that uh, covers those tight ends a lot. And I think Darius Leonard could have, uh, possibly helped prevent those, but you're right. Th- this linebacker core for the Colts is very, very limited when it comes to pass coverage. They're most of them are a run first uh, when it comes to the linebacking core. None of them are great pass coverage uh, linebackers. So that could be something to look, look for that if they don't progress, look for Chris Ballard to try and maybe mix things up or, go for somebody in the draft next year that might actually be a more prototypical uh, linebacker that can cover in pass coverage. I mean, because nobody's job is free. I mean, anyone can anyone can lose their job at this point. And if one guy ends up doing better in coverage and can slow guys down better, then you never know. That could be something to look forward to. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a rough spot for them. And you know, like you mentioned also with as high powered as the Falcons are on offense, they a lot of times can get the ball out of their hands pretty quickly. And I mean, the offensive line for the Falcons has always been pretty decent. They've never been a bad offensive line group. So it wasn't a big surprise to me that the Colts struggled so much, given how many injuries we had also, you know, Muhammad uh, going out for a little while, Danico Autry going out for a little while. Uh, Tyquan Lewis being down, uh, you know, and Jabal Sheard still not being back. I mean, it's just, it was one of those games. We had so many guys dropping on our D line from left to right. It was just, I'm just amazed that more guys didn't sustain uh, severe injuries uh, in the end of this game. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, We're going to have to, you know, obviously fix that defensive line is going to have to get better at it. But when the Atlanta Falcons always have a really good game plan, 
they do they definitely made some very good uh, changes in the second half of getting the ball out quickly and making plays uh, just in the middle of the field again. So, you know, that's pretty much my stance on what the defense looked like right now. Yeah, and I, you know, I believe Bobby O'Kareek is a pretty good coverage linebacker, and so um, I, I'm trying to like figure out because Darius Leonard usually plays the will, so that was probably more on Anthony Walker than Darius than uh, Bobby O'Kareek on coverage there. Yeah, um, but we know what Walker is. I mean, there's a reason he's a fifth round pick. He's a good. I would say he's a good linebacker, um, but struggles in coverage, um, and that's to be expected. But um, that's something the Colts are definitely going to need to tighten up on. Um, going forward and you know i think just for this young defense they they were dominated in the first half um i thought they were playing a really good bend don't, but, but don't break uh, mm-hmm. defense in the first half and then they really started to break in the second half um and so it's it's just all about can you consistently from play one to play whatever the last play of the game can you consistently dominate um that's just something i think we'll take with will come with time with this young defense um they're still learning. They're still learning the ins and outs of the NFL, and um, I think it'll just as any as with anything, it'll take time. And as they continue to grow together as a unit, uh, I think they'll just get better. We saw it last year with this defense. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like you know early on, you know, besides that Redskins game, they weren't the greatest, um, but they I feel like they got better as the season went on, and I think that's probably what's going to happen now when you have young players um, mm-hmm. and they start gaining confidence and they start playing playing better, and so. Um, I think it's just going to, as as with anything, it's just going to take time um, with a lot of these young players in and out of the lineup. And um, I think it'll be good. Um, I don't think there's really anything to worry about. I just think it's inconsistencies. Um, I think mm-hmm. the defensive line just needs to get home a little bit more. Um, all these things you can work on, and that's the good yeah. thing. You can, you know, That's the beauty of the NFL. You can have a rough week um, in one week, and then the next week you can come out and dominate. And so the Colts just need right. And you mentioned it. You mentioned it early in the podcast how you know the amount of injuries just on the defensive side. Both of those defenses. I mean, good lord. I mean, you could just you you could just look down the chart of just how many injuries happened on both sides and how many guys were just flying down to the ground. I mean, it, it truly is amazing that the Colts were able to do what they did in the first half. I mean, it's crazy to think about. I mean, you know, it's one of those games where, you know, you had multiple guys injured. Guys were flying all around. Uh, You had a bunch of guys who were not used to playing. They had to play against a really good offense. So, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff you obviously have to work on. But given the adversity that this team had to go through towards the end of that game, it was really nice to see again, like you mentioned, that bend but don't break defense came through again in the end and slowed them down enough to where the Colts were able to finish it off. Yeah, for sure. And that's all you can ask for, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, obviously it wasn't perfect, but the Colts know that and they'll continue to, to grow and learn under Matt Eberflus. And um, yeah, I think, I think they'll be all right. I think they're just yeah. young and, and as with anything, it takes time. So, yep. um, but I think that's all we have today, Derek. Is there anything else you want to say uh, before we hop off here? Uh, Colts fans, thank you again for what you guys did Sunday. Let's do it again uh, against Oakland. Get 1% better every day and 1-0 for next week. Yeah, for sure. And we'll be back with a game preview uh, probably Friday. Um, So be looking out for that. Um, We appreciate you guys. Derek, are you doing, first off, uh, before I I sign off here, are you doing a – Grind my gears thing, whatever we call it. I completely forget. Hold your horses. Uh, Hold your horses. I always say grind my gears. 
you know, Colts Nation, you haven't really given me a lot to really talk about over the last couple of weeks. And while I uh, wish I could continue the segment uh, in this week, I, I do appreciate, you know, the cloud of fans not really, you know, really doing much uh, in the way of gossiping. So I think this Jacoby Brissett pretty much did it for me this week. <laughs> that was what, probably the only thing that I could have potentially talked about. So that's pretty much what I'll do. I mean, I don't, I won't do it uh, this week for certain because, you know, not much to really talk about in Colts kingdom right now. All right. Well, that sounds good. It's always good when you don't have to talk about that stuff. Um, yes. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, well, thanks guys for listening. Uh, like I mentioned, we'll probably be back on Friday with the podcast uh, preview of Colts versus Raiders Colts second game of the, the second home game of the season. Um, as they host Oakland, and uh, we'll give all our predictions, all our keys to the game, all that stuff coming up very soon. So, all right. Well, thank you, guys. We appreciate it, as always, and go Colts.